When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode. Unfortunately, Aid is not here today. She is on vacation, living her best life. But I have someone today that is awesome. She's a friend of the pod, and it's going to be a great episode. It is Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. Some of you may remember that Nicole, we chatted with her. Nicole is from the Nashville season, and we chatted with her a little bit. She gave us some insights, and it was fun, and we had to have her back. So, Nicole, before I go in, let me give the people updates. Um, guys, we have Love is Blind coming out next week. It's going to be the last two episodes that dropped, and then We'll have a final episode for the weddings and the reunion. And then we'll be back to regularly scheduled programming for maths. We don't know how much longer the season is, so we're just going to keep going. (laughs) So, Nicole, I want to hear all your thoughts about the season. We are going to go through the episode, but can you share with us what your summary for now is about the season? A quick summary, uh, always difficult for me, but honestly, I'm really sad watching this season because not only are there really not any couples to root for, but it doesn't seem like there's many friendships. I mean, the girls are friends, the guys, I guess, tolerate each other, but I know for my season personally, even though we had one successful couple, me and Chris, obviously, But we're all still great friends and we had such a great experience. And it makes me so sad that none of these people get to have that. And it's really emotionally draining to watch. I mean, I'm watching every episode. I'm still a fan of the show, but it's heavy. They never have fun. Yeah, um, we talked about it not long ago. We noticed that the friendships are gendered, like the guys are friends and then the girls are friends, but not all the girls seems to be friends. And then also, like, I don't know if you watch After Party. It's, like, two different shows. But on After Party, you can kind of read people's body languages. And to your point, it doesn't seem like everyone is, like, friendly. And even if the marriages fail, we usually rely on the friendships. But I don't know. The girls are friends, I guess. But it doesn't seem to be all of them, it seems. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Tough to watch, but I'm I'm yeah. still watching every single episode <laughs> along there with you. I know. We keep hoping for the best. And also, you know, Michael and Chloe, we're still fingers crossed on them as a late addition. Fingers <laughs> crossed. I, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic, but also realistic. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I want them to work. I want everyone to work, but yeah. Maybe next season we'll get five <laughs> five successes. 
Okay, so we'll go through the episode and then I'll just, uh, you know, we'll see what your thoughts are and everyone as we go through. So the episode does start with Claire and Emily meeting up together. And I think this is a good time to just ask you what you think about the whole Claire and Cameron of it all, really. So this is my opinion based on what I've seen and also having gone through the filming process. I think Mm -hmm. that Claire and Cameron, for whatever their reasons are, decided it's just not for them, this relationship. And I think, quite honestly, they were told, you have to keep filming or, you know, Mm -hmm. we'd really like for you to keep filming because Mm -hmm. I can't see any other reason why we're still playing this Mm -hmm. game. They they said they didn't want to be together. They both agreed upon it and they did it very maturely, in my opinion, but why are we playing the, you know, separated from Cameron, separated from Claire game and still mm-hmm. with that, that um, optimism or intrigue? I, I didn't expect them to even have a decision day. I know we'll get to that a little <laughs> later, but I assume that we thought they were done. Yeah. So I'm just a little disappointed that we keep pushing this narrative of maybe they can figure out a way to make it work. But I think it's just them having to film and that's their story. But I'm kind of happy they're not together because I wasn't feeling anything from them. And I'm happy we didn't have to watch them explode or implode as we're watching yeah. everyone else. So we got to see them part ways gracefully. What was your take on them before they parted? Like, I know Claire is now on the narrative that, oh, maybe they should have tried, but. I feel like Cameron stopped because he was reading her vibes and he just didn't want to get to that point where he just really didn't like her. But she keeps insisting that, you know, maybe they gave up or, you know, he wanted to quit. And it's just a weird thing. But what did you think their issue was? Why do you think they couldn't get it together? I think their issue, like probably every other couple here and most other couples on the show was communication. And they they seem to have a lot in common, but I don't think they were properly communicating how they felt because mm-hmm. it felt like they were always playing, well, this is how you were, these are the vibes you were giving off. And this is what mm-hmm. I was feeling based on what you were saying and doing, but they weren't actually telling each other anything. They were just assuming and reacting based upon what they were feeling. So mm-hmm. maybe they could have stuck it out a little longer and actually talk to each other about how they were feeling instead of yeah. just assuming he's not into me, she doesn't want to be with me. But I think if it's so hard for you to express those feelings, then there's a reason for it. It can be worked on, of course, but it shouldn't be that difficult to tell someone how you feel, especially when you're married to them, especially if you're interested in them. So Mm -hmm. the fact that they weren't able to just shows me there were fundamental issues there that they couldn't move past. Yeah. So a criticism like I've had of the show this season, I mentioned that earlier, is the differences between After Party and the current show. Now, in After Party, we found out that she claims that he said on wedding day that she was not his type and her butt was too big or something like that. And that seemed to bother her. He claims that he's not her type. And I'm, I'm beginning to wonder, is it an attraction thing? Were they not being honest? And I just think it's a little unfair to the audience to try to do so much mental gymnastics to figure out, is it what we're seeing or is there more in the background? Are they hiding things? And I'm confused as to why they allow some things 
to be said on After Party that are not on the show. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you 100% there because I feel like we find out way more from After Party than we do in the actual mm -hmm. episode. And it mm -hmm. does seem like this season particularly wow, particularly that, <laughs> word on a Friday, uh, that there are a lot of things happening behind the scenes. But I, I'm honestly so sick of hearing the attraction thing because <laughs> like Chris and I are not each other's types. We say it mm -hmm. all the time. We would, if we were put together in a bar, we would not go up to each other. I, I think he's very attractive. He finds me attractive, but he's mm -hmm. not my type and I'm not his. But and we never use that as an excuse not to get to know each other. So I don't think even even if they're not each other's type, I don't think that should be an excuse for them to not have gotten to know each other. Maybe it was just a barrier that they didn't want to push past. But I do feel like things were said or done behind the scenes that mm -hmm. they weren't showing us or sharing with us because they do mm -hmm. seem to be very respectful of each other, which mm -hmm. I appreciate. It's yeah. a very mutual respect. Yeah. So I get a feeling that things happen that we don't know about, but they just don't want to bring it to light because, you know, that respect thing. And also they probably don't want the other one to look bad if there's no purpose for it. Like if there's, yeah. for us as viewers, we want to know, you know, <laughs> I want to know everything, yeah. but yeah. I think in their minds, it, it's not, there's no point in sharing some things except to make each other look bad. So. I just think they are not maybe keeping secret secrets so much as just not revealing everything, everything that went down. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, um, Claire and Emily are chatting and Claire does the thing she does all the time. We're so normal. We're not awkward. Everything's fine. We're so great. But I'm glad that Emily does ask, like, I mean, you talk a lot about checking in on him, but does he check on you? Like, she feels like he's she's the only one who talks about her calling. I mean, honestly, we didn't think that he was actually picking up her calls because he didn't want to talk to her. But I don't know. I guess he does talk to her. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if he was in the hospital, like they say, then yeah. maybe, you know, was she checking on him because he was having health issues or because she really wanted to talk to him outside of being separated, I think had these health issues not come up, who knows what would have happened. So I actually don't think it's that weird that he's not checking in as much because yeah. it sounds like she's checking in on his health and well-being more than checking in on them as a couple okay. or friends. So it just sounds like friendly check-ins, but I don't think he's interested in moving yeah. forward with anything to do with this relationship, honestly. Yeah, he says otherwise, but I don't think he's interested at all. No, I think these men, I, I when I say these men, I just want to caveat, I do not mean Michael. He's going to have all of his own. But the rest of these men, I think, say something that is not what they're actually thinking. So, okay. yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it nice for now. But <laughs> speaking of those men um emily brings up brennan again and is like thanking him for all that i've said it before and i'll say it again i am not going to give him props for being a decent human being like anyone even if you don't know her or anything would do the same thing and at this point you're her husband so we're not going to give you props because you stood by her side or like i don't understand that at all 
Uh, yeah. Uh, before I got on the phone with you, actually, Chris gave me a little pep talk not to let my <laughs> blood boil too much when you said the name Brennan, because <laughs> I agree with you. We're, we're giving him, like, listen, what he did, not everyone would do. He did mm-hmm. show up in her time of need. I will not take that away from him, but mm-hmm. he does not get a pat on the back for being a decent human, especially mm-hmm. because if he was a good guy this whole time, he wouldn't even be doing the bare minimum now. This would be, yeah. or he, sorry, he would be doing the bare minimum. If he was a good guy throughout this process, he would be mm-hmm. going above and beyond for her. But because he's yeah. physically there and driving her around, we're supposed to give him an award. No, it's nice that he was there, but mm-hmm. also there were camera people, sound people, producers, there were people mm-hmm. there. So Mm-hmm. It's a good thing he was there because she obviously sees him as a source of comfort at that moment, mm-hmm. but yeah, someone else would have helped her. And I don't think he called the ambulance. I don't think he, you know, saved her life. I think mm-hmm. he was just physically there and I'm yeah. sick of people acting like he's stepped up. Like he acted yeah. like a, a human for once. Yeah. And once again, on after party, we find out that even while she had stitches and was recovering, he was driving her around to shop for a car, making her drive, actually, Mm -hmm. to shop for a car and to go around. So, no, he's not a decent human being. So and don't listen to Chris. Let your blood boil. Like it's dessert. It's the right thing to do. (laughs) Uh, He I am not a Brennan fan. I'm sure you can tell that already, but I am not a fan so I just try to keep it classy but my (laughs) blood is definitely boiling so I'm not doing a great job of that (laughs) I understand okay we will take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about Becca and Austin I can't wait to hear what you think about those two (laughs) life doesn't happen bi-weekly so why should payday the money you make can be in your hands today with earn in Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Call on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's Call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites, You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the recess mocktail sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress balancing adaptogens. 
Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Okay, and we're back. Now, there are so many theories on what the problem is, what the reason is. I don't know if anyone's ever going to know except Austin, really, if Austin even knows. But where do you stand on this too? What do you think the block is? The block is, is that he does not like her as his wife. I, I think she is wonderful. It is nothing against her. She seems like such a sweetheart. She is so beautiful, so kind. And I think he sees that and wants her to be his person, but she's not. And instead of saying that and upsetting her and potentially ending their marriage, he's just, I think, waiting for either decision day, he's just running out the clock or waiting for mm-hmm. her to reach her boiling point because it, I'm not even talking about the sex thing. Like I actually mm-hmm. agree with him, not agree with him, but I can understand. Understand. Mm-hmm. Two months in the grand scheme of things is not a really long time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even though they're married, a lot of people don't really view it until after decision day on mm-hmm. we're really in this forever, which mm-hmm. I can totally get with like if he does not want to have sex with her until after decision day until a few months go by that's his prerogative Mm -hmm. shouldn't be the other way around we would not even blink if she was like I don't want to have sex with him until decision day so I'm not even talking about that but he seems like a person who's just kicking the can down the road like I want to work on it I do like you but he's not showing it with his actions and if he really did like her even if it wasn't his most comfortable feeling, or even if it was hard for him, he would go out of his way to reassure her because he wants to be with her. So I cannot think of any other reason besides he just does not want to be with her, but likes her enough that he doesn't want to hurt her and tell her, but he's inherently hurting her because she's sitting there thinking he doesn't like me. He's not attracted to me. He doesn't even want to be with me. So She's hearing all these things inside her own head. And instead of reassuring her, he's just making it worse. Yeah. And when you don't know, you create a narrative in your head because you have nothing to go off on. And that's what she's doing. And that's my problem with Austin is him not being honest. And I don't I don't know why people equate honesty with being cruel, because there's a way he could 
say stuff, even if it's just telling the experts and maybe they help him tell her. And he should have just made a stance if he didn't want to have sex and let her know like, hey, I can work to your point. If he did want to be her husband, we can work on this relationship, but I'm not going to have sex with you until this experiment is over. So that that's taking out the window and she's not, but he keeps saying maybe tonight, maybe Friday night, maybe Mm -hmm. Monday night, and then nothing happens. And I'm like, if you really don't want to just make that stance, let her know. But also on Becca's side, I don't know sometimes what the problem is. She says it's sex one time, then she says it's intimacy, then she says he's not flirting. But then at the beginning, when we used to see them, they had cuddles, they were kissing, but then we find out now that it's an on-camera, off-camera situation, which we didn't know in the beginning. I think we just found out like a few episodes back. And I think in general, we're not seeing the real them. We don't know what's happening. Like an after party was when we found out that, you know, that his dad was deaf. I don't think we even knew that. And they had a fight about that. And I'm like, what? Like, this is a whole new (laughs) thing we didn't know about you. So since we don't know the real them, quite frankly, I'm bored with them. I, I agree. It's it's the same conversation over and over. And yes. now they're just being picky and petty with what they're fighting about. But yeah. if I were in Becca's shoes, I would imagine that it's the lack of progression. You know, in the first week, you're getting to know each other. You're kissing mm-hmm. and cuddling. And he's saying he wants to work on things. Like if he yeah. had flat out to your point said, I don't feel comfortable having sex with you. I will dictate when I feel comfortable that would have shut it down. But because he mm-hmm. keeps saying, I do want to do these things Friday, Monday, tomorrow, after this, mm-hmm. whatever, she keeps waiting for it and nothing is happening. And I think it's, you know, the lack of progression is making her think, do you really want to be in this? And yeah. again, to your point, it's not happening on camera or it's only happening on camera, which to me is a wild thing because I remember... Chris and I were the total opposite. Like we did everything off camera because that was our way of getting to know each other and not even Mm -hmm. sexually, just being kissy and Mm lovey. We wanted to feel those intimate moments. So for us, it was the opposite. And to only do it on camera feels like an act almost. And I can see why Becca is making a big deal out of little things because she's just pulling at straws for this at this point. And I'm just over it. I don't care about what happened at the wolf sanctuary and in the car. Like I, I don't even care that we don't know what they're fighting about because it's the same thing. It's just a different day. I'm sorry. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to do better. I do like you. And then nothing changes. But I mean, the fight that they had at the, I don't know what it's called, the clay pottery, whatever they were doing, I think it was an indicator of something we talked about last week where when the experts came by, Austin mentioned how Becca can be dismissive and they don't cons- and doesn't consider how he's feeling. And then the experts proceeded to dismiss his feelings and right. move on to what um, Becca wanted. So that happened again where she's talking about the same thing and then she goes and grabs his jacket and he makes her joke and he's just like, oh, I would have appreciated if you washed your hands. I read it as him trying to make light of the situation. He doesn't seem like someone who likes confrontation. And he has said that during the honeymoon. He said, I don't like to talk about stuff and I like to push things away. And then she started crying and then saying that he can't say what he wants. And that's something, 
not that she's wrong. She's feeding off of the insecurity that he's creating. But I do find that he can't be himself. Anything he says, she kind of finds something to say, like saying that he's combative. Okay, maybe he is off camera. Again, I don't know. I don't know the editing. But from everything we've seen, I just, I'm trying to picture Austin as combative. And I'm just, I can't. And he said, just because I disagree with you doesn't mean I'm being combative. And it's like, so do you want me to say what you want to hear? Or what do you want? So like, what did you think of that whole situation? It's very uncomfortable to watch, but I agree. I I don't see him as combative. And of course, overall caveat, we're not there. We don't know what's actually happening, but I see him as almost more of a contrarian than combative because Mm, it does seem like everything she says, he has a rebuttal. So yes, of course you're allowed to have a differing opinion and not everyone handles it that well hearing that someone disagrees with them, but it seems like he disagrees with everything like I I mean maybe it's just a personal preference and everyone's different but I cannot even understand why he said anything about the jacket like you're having this (laughs) moment she's cold okay so she took your jacket and she didn't even get it dirty it was just like oh don't get it dirty you should have washed your hands or whatever he said is it that big of a deal I mean it's not a nine million dollar jacket it's and it's funny because when Chris and I watch this together we it's been very good for our relationship because we discuss how we would be in these situations. And yeah, he was like, I wouldn't even care if you dumped it in the clay, you would clean it. And if you ruined it, you would get me a new jacket. It's, it's nothing to even, it's like, I wouldn't even notice if you had my jacket on. So the fact that they're having this conversation and they're trying to build this moment that is happening right before decision day. And his focus is her getting her hands on his jacket and granted, yeah. he has every right to want his his jacket respected, but the fact that we're even discussing it, it's it's insane. <laughs> like he, I think he just disagrees with her or picks on things that she does just to say something different than what she's saying. She's saying mm-hmm. So maybe not combative so much as it sounds like every time she has an opinion, he disagrees, but he's also created an environment where she doesn't know where he really stands. So she's probably mm. taking everything to heart. And mm-hmm. then he feels like he can't say anything because it's always upsetting her mm-hmm. because of the environment that he has created. So I'm not putting all blame on him. I do think that she should probably let a lot of things go that she's not. And she's taking a lot of things personally when I don't think they need to be taken personally, but yeah. Again, he has not created a safe space for her, and it's hard to let things go when you're always feeling like you're about to be attacked. Yeah, that's a good perspective, because honestly, I just saw it as he was trying to make light of the situation. But looking back at it, wrong timing, like maybe just let it go and let it be. And I can I, I can understand Becca in the situation of how she's reacting. Like, you know, as a woman, you've dated people who didn't make you feel secure and you're just going to feed off that energy. So I think um, that's what she's going through right now. Um, I didn't like, though, when she got to the fight and she was like, oh, maybe I'm just asking for too much and maybe it's me. And maybe I don't like when things I don't know if emotionally manipulative is a strong word, but it's like I think you have a point, like just make that point and stand on it. But to make it all 
maybe I'm asking for too much. Maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I'm like, okay, just, I don't know. I didn't, I, I didn't like that. Yeah. The, it doesn't feel like there's ever a need for that. And if, if that's how she's truly feeling, maybe phrase it like, this is what I'm asking for. If it's too much for you, let me know. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. readjusting expectations is one thing, but woe is me is just, it doesn't get you anywhere. And he doesn't seem to really pick up on any of that. So she's, no. she's playing to the wrong time. crowd. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, onto happier things. It's Chloe and Michael. Um, oh, yeah. How do you feel about this couple so far? So far, I feel like there's potential. I definitely think they are both trying very hard. I don't think that this relationship feels natural to either of them because they are so very opposite but I give them both so much credit because they are taking what they are given and trying it doesn't look perfect it's not going to look perfect to everyone but they're giving it their best shot and I really respect them for that and um, I think I think they do have some chemistry we've seen it in this episode we saw all of it, which my question <laughs> to them is, why didn't you unplug the cameras? But that's neither here nor there. I've seen a lot of them that I, I don't think I needed to see on Lifetime, but it's good. They're progressing, right? That's yes. a good sign. They are, they are. I think they're, the, they're a good example of what you should do, even if you're not sure. You should always try, but not to the point where it's painful. Like not the Claire and Cameron or the Emily and Brennan, where clearly you don't like each other, but we have to watch you all season. Try oh, I'm putting air quotes. They can't see me when you're <laughs> trying, but we all know it's dead on arrival. But we Chloe and Michael, like for me, I still don't know where Chloe stands. Because to be honest, Michael, I don't know. They could have paired him up with anybody. I feel like it will work. But with Chloe, I don't know where she's feeling. One minute she thinks he's hot. The next minute, his feminine energy or whatever it is that they said. And But she's still putting her all. And she's still trying. And she's wanted to leave. So that's a good example of a good medium also. And it's not painful to watch them. They give us glimmers of hope. But, you know, those of us who's been watching, we know it's math. So we just, you know, don't invest too much because we don't know. <laughs> how it's gonna right <laughs> they are trying if, if they yes. don't make it i will still really like them as a couple and be really proud of them because well yeah up until this point because they're trying and they're working the process so it, it's not going to work for everyone and if it doesn't work for them it's not for lack of trying or caring so i hope yeah. it works out for them but either way i really respect that they're giving it their all yeah. and you know, even last week, I know there was a thing with Chloe leaving and going back to her house, but mm -hmm. I actually, I, I disclaimer, I don't know how true this is, but I know she has a bunch of dogs and mm -hmm. I know personally, you cannot have all <laughs> your dogs in these shared apartments. So mm -hmm. I heard that she just wanted to spend some time with her dogs. And if that's not a reason to take a few days, I don't know what is because I had to live in a similar situation when we were filming mm -hmm. and I took all the time I could with my dog until he finally moved in with us. So yeah, I get that, but I think they are, they're trying and they're giving us some hope and they're exploring each other and that's progress. And that's all we can ask for is progress. 
Yeah. And also, I think because of you and Chris, they figured out the animal thing because they got up an after party. We found out because Keisha read it up. They found an apartment that could take all their animals, but her dog is a pit bull and they didn't allow a pit bull. But yeah, he has cats and things and they have all of them. So you did something. <laughs> Changing the world, really. <laughs> so Chloe and Michael are with Dr. Pia and she, Michael says he's looking forward to deep diving on intimacy. And I know you shared a bit the last time you were here, but can you share with us how these intimacy conversations go? Do they check in with you guys? Like, how far can we go? How comfortable are you? Or do they just dive in and just expect you to go with the flow? Uh, it is so <laughs> uncomfortable. I can only speak to to my meeting with Dr. Pia, but yeah, she, you know, you know, an expert is coming. Yeah, I think we knew Dr. Pia was coming. I'm mm-hmm. not 100 sure on that, but we knew an expert was coming and. We meet Dr. Pia for the first time and she just sits down and it's like, okay, so based on, you know, she says she's watching clips. I think she got, you know, notes Mm -hmm. from our producer. I don't Mm -hmm. think she's actually sitting there watching all of this footage, but Mm -hmm. neither here nor there. And she just says, okay, tell me where you're at. And this is what I think you need to do to move forward. And I actually, I, I am in no way approved. Like I have no problem talking about sex. Chris mm-hmm. is a little more uncomfortable about it, but mm-hmm. I was very uncomfortable with this conversation because mm. I felt like this woman who I know she's an expert, but she doesn't know us. So she's yeah. coming in, meeting you for the first time, which this season is a little different because they do have more FaceTime with Pia. Yeah. But so it could just be a little bit more um, from my experience was different, but she's basically telling you, you've known each other for a month. Um, what you're doing to get to this point is not enough. Here's how you can do more. And I really did not like that because I I feel like maybe the couples who aren't even holding hands, like then you can talk to them about ways to be intimate without thinking sexually. But for couples who are already progressing on their own, like Chloe and Michael are, Chris and I were, I felt it it was very strange to hear someone who doesn't know you talk about all the things you should or could be doing to grow closer. Yeah. But that being said, I actually really like the activity she gave to Chloe and Michael and wish that we had that exercise (laughs) because and maybe, maybe the show took my feedback. I don't know because (laughs) I talked about this to everyone, but you don't want to feel like you have a sex assignment. I don't know yeah. who finds that that sexy, sexy. but yeah. I know we didn't. And we, we actually, we didn't even do ours quote unquote correctly. So we ended up just not doing it all because we yeah. tried to make, make it fun and enjoyable. And it was like, no, this is your sex assignment. So yeah. uh, I love that they just went to a store and got to pick out things that resonated with them and that they were excited about. Because yeah. I, I think that makes you more comfortable in trying things. Mm-hmm. But I know for us, it's like, woman, you don't know me. You don't know my husband. <laughs> We're having sex. We're, we know we will work on it, but we've been together a month. You know, this isn't five years down the road and we're yeah. having trouble. And it, it just, it, it's a lot when you're filming. So to then now have to feel like oh now we need to work on our sex life like you don't even have a sex life a month in even if you started on the wedding night yeah it's been a few weeks so it's yeah it's 
it feels very misplaced in my opinion, but I did think their conversation went a lot better than mine did at least because they both seemed to be learning things about each other that they didn't already know in terms of what they like and what their limits are and things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. It went so well because when Michael was saying, oh, we're exploring each other, I was not expecting the next scene. (laughs) There was just them watching TV on the couch and then we see a huge blur and then we Mm. see Chloe's hands down Michael's pants and the blur got bigger. (laughs) Then I think it was a mutual down the pants thing and my jaw dropped. I was like, Lifetime, is this you? Like, what is happening? Yeah, definitely not, not necessary. I think uh, people, people forget that the cameras are in there sometimes because it's just your home. You're not watching for the cameras when the cameramen aren't in there, but we would always unplug the cameras when we were in the living room because when you don't unplug the cameras, they're always Ah. watching. So because the thing is, it's blurred for us. But the crew and the producers, they get to see all of that. Yeah. It, they're just like Nest cams. I don't know if it's the actual brand. Oh, okay. but they're just like, no, like yeah. in-home cameras. And they're just plugged into the wall. There's a few. Of, they're not in the bedroom or the bathroom. But okay, I was gonna they're ask. all over the living room and the kitchen. So, yeah, whoever sits. I imagine it's someone's job to just sit there and watch footage all day and night of this to wait for a, a moment. But they got their moment. And I would be mortified if that was me because uh, <laughs> I we we were very intentional not to do anything like that while mm-hmm. the cameras were rolling. So mm-hmm. if they caught me in a moment and showed it, I would probably be on the phone screaming at someone right now. But I have a different personality, so maybe they <laughs> are okay with it. But either way, Michael, Chloe, I'm sorry we invaded your privacy by watching that intimate moment. It was not our fault. Blame that. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I was actually happy. I saw it and I was like, okay, there's actual progress. Like, okay, this answers some questions and they are moving forward and at their own pace. So that was, okay, I was going to say that was nice to see, but not in that way. (laughs) I know (laughs) what you mean. Good to know. Good to know. I wouldn't believe them if they told us though. So I didn't. Exactly. But good for confirmation. Exactly. And then from Joy and then Dr. Pierce, like, well, have you all masturbated with each other? And listen, like you, I'm not a prude, but I'm just like, what? (laughs) Like, I've never heard it in all of the seasons. It's just never been that. She's never been, well, we've never had Dr. Pia, but Dr. Viviana, whoever, was never that forward with any of the couples, even those that were having sex. So that just came from nowhere for me. And I was like, I mean, you know, they have nothing to work with. So maybe they're just trying to push the envelope as much as they can. But my question was, when she gave them the assignment to go to the novelty store, I'm like, what if they weren't as progressed as they were? Like they told us they explore each other, They she sleeps naked, they walk around each other naked, but what if they weren't? I wondered if she had another assignment for them because then going to the sex store might've been like way advanced for whatever level they might've been in. I don't know. I think that also comes from the uh, quote unquote footage that she watches ahead of time. I think Uh, like uh, for our season and past seasons I've watched, each couple does get a different assignment based Mm -hmm. on where they are 
Like for example, in our season, Gina and Clint had to like tickle each other with hairbrushes and really <laughs> just sit next to each other without making a, a sour face. Whereas Chris and I, our activity was to find things we wanted to use on each other sexually in different rooms at the house. So yeah. I think she tailors her exercises to where the couple's at. So I think she gave them that okay. activity based on what she was what seeing, she what her, the producers had told her, what they were telling her, but there's really no option A or B. It's kind of okay. here's your homework and go do it. But I also, from what I saw, they were both giving off the energy that they were cool with it, which I yeah. think mm-hmm. if they were both very much like, no, we're not comfortable. We don't want to do this. I think they would have filmed her giving a different assignment. So okay. I don't think I, the, the masturbating thing, I, to your point, I'm like, we, <laughs> we, we've already gotten a lot out of these people. Like, why are we, they've been together like two weeks at this point, give them time, yeah. but you know, we're trying to be controversial here. Give, give the people yeah. something to drop, uh, drop their job. Yeah. Agreed. Well, going back down to Emily and Brennan. So Emily had made reservations for dinner and she's basking in them making it to this point. They talk about decision day. She feels better about them post-accident. And, you know, it's just cringy when she said, oh, I I had to hit a tree to see the side of you. I'm like, no, you didn't. And (laughs) the real Brennan shows up because you can't hide your true self for too long because he's like, oh, I feel like the friendship and relationship lines were getting blurred. And, you know, and I think expectations were high after the accident. And Emily says, you didn't establish that it was a friendship that was in your head. I struggled with that a little bit. (laughs) Well, he never flat out said they're just friends. He more so alluded to the fact that they were working on a friendship first as a base, but he had decided they were just friends and she did not know that he decided that because he never said it, but we, we could see it. But Mm -hmm. I have been that girl in the relationship with those rose-colored glasses, and I take every little grain and glimmer of hope to mean way more than it does. And I would imagine you're married to this man. It's your first relationship. He is showing you in your time of need that he can step up and be there for you. And I would imagine she took that and ran with it. And I think now she is seeing that that was not the right attitude to have. But if anything, that shows how positive of a person she is because Mm -hmm. she took something that was, I mean, he could not be a bigger jerk and she put a positive spin on it and said, well, maybe this is, you know, the, the slap that we needed. Yeah. You know, she didn't have to hit a tree and no one should have to have a life threatening accident to see someone be kind to them. But Mm-hmm. I think she really was trying to make the best of this situation. And yeah. I think he was just tired of like, he's basically begging her to end it. So he doesn't have to end it. And she's mm-hmm. just like, no, I think, you know, mm-hmm. things are looking up, but when he, I'm probably going to misquote, I should have written it down, but I almost, my head almost popped off when he said, 
it wasn't worth you almost me almost losing you for mm-hmm. us to continue doing this. Basically, mm-hmm. like we could have quit weeks ago and you would have never gotten in this accident. And if I could put my hands through a TV and smack someone, <laughs> I would have because that was one of the most vile things I have ever heard someone say. Mm-hmm. Almost making her feel like it was it's her fault she yeah. got in this accident because they should have just ended this weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, I get I'm getting shaky just thinking about it because I I, I mean, I, I re, obviously I don't like him, but I I cry watching her. I'm my car right now. This is it. It's so sad to me to see someone who's so hopeful and trying so hard. Granted, he's not the right guy. And I yeah. wish she could have seen that sooner, but she really is doing her best. And he he's punishing her for it. And it's her first real relationship, which makes it even worse because I don't want her to take this marriage into every other relationship. Yeah. You know, we, most of us have had that really bad traumatic relationship. I, I know mm-hmm. my first relationship was awful and it shaped me for the rest of my relationships, but I was a teenager Yeah. and I, I just don't want this to change who she is because she is a wonderful person. I, have became really good friends with her throughout this entire process. Mm -hmm. And my, my dislike for Brennan has nothing to do with my like for her. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, I felt this way before I even ever spoke to her, but it, it breaks my heart. She is such a lovely person, but I say this to her all the time. Like, what, what were you thinking? There's, there's no logical explanation for what kept her going this long, but Mm-hmm. I, I also, I mean, shame on the show for not stepping in. Like, I think they should have been like, you two are done. I don't, I don't think anyone needed to see them get to this point. What, um, I want to say it was during the Atlanta pages season. I might've just mm-hmm. tweeted something at Pasta Cal. I think that was the most angry I was. And I was like, they should have stepped in like at this point it's like emotional damage on someone and I think he responded no one quote me I don't remember something like we can't step in because it's like real life like someone has to want to leave the relationship we can't force someone to get out of a relationship or something like that just to your point of the show should have stepped in Mm -hmm. and I agree with you with not wanting it to be damaging because I know like when we go through breakups your friends will be like oh it's not you it's not whatever but as human beings we sometimes internalize this like oh I was in the relationship it must have been you know something I did or whatever even though it's not something that you did so I hope it did not you know affect her that much and she realizes that Brennan is trash. I have no problem. Oh, she she that. knows he's trash. Okay. And there's there's no doubt about it. But I yeah, I remember the page and Chris thing. And it's interesting you say that because Pastor Cal, I think it was their decision day, and he was like, There's no way you're saying yes. Like all the yes yeah. <laughs> do not, we will not allow you to say yes today. So yeah, please don't do that. But I, I don't know the rules about if they can or can't step in, but Honestly, after she she had an accident, if if they try to follow me in the hospital, and I'm assuming she gave them permission, but I would say, yeah. like, get these cameras out of my face. I'm done with the show. 
I'll call you with an update on how we're doing in our relationship. But the fact that she even continued filming, I gave her so much credit. But mm-hmm. they should have been like, you know what? We're just going to cut our losses with this. And I mean, he's just, I, I don't know where he gets the the nerve to say the things that he does. And I don't know if it's her, if he thinks I can just say these things to her because, uh-huh. you know, it's Emily Guilty. or if he speaks mm-hmm. to other women this way. But also I think Brennan, along with a lot of the other guys in this show, didn't realize they were signing up for a show where they get married and get filmed. It seems like that's a common <laughs> misconception because he is so concerned, like, oh, there's cameras around. Oh, you're making mm-hmm. me look bad, this and that. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Did you think that cameras were not going to follow you? How did you think we made a TV show? I don't I don't know the disconnect there, but uh, I'm happy that he showed his true colors and mm-hmm. I feel bad because that dinner looked so good and <laughs> it was ruined. It was, it was. I mean, well, where'd I go? Brennan was just going on about, you know, his actions were clear. Maybe it wasn't enough. But I think Emily was activated at this point because she mm. tells him and was like, oh, I thought you said you hated mind readers. That's why you broke up with your ex. Like, I'm not a mind reader. You didn't tell me. But she basically lets him have it. And like, you should have let me know, especially being on a show and being married. And I'm like, break the fourth wall, girl. And <laughs> he had the audacity to say he was still trying. I don't, I don't know what trying means to Brennan like just existing mm-hmm. in the apartment is what it is I think so he oh, he didn't quit he didn't leave the show so to him I think that's trying because he kept pushing on if we if we stop doing this if we stop doing this you you wouldn't have gotten into this accident so I think him physically being there is him quote unquote trying but I think we would rather he didn't try. I, I would have <laughs> rather seen the Claire and Cameron type story play out more yeah. with Brennan and Emily. Like, I want to see Emily's growth. I want to see Emily working through this because she has grown so much from the beginning. But mm. I, it could have said separated from Brennan and have him off to the side because he's not doing anything but just making himself look bad, which is his biggest concern. So Mm. riddle Mm -hmm. me that. But Mm. he Mm. has shown his true colors. And I don't want to hear a single person say that he got a bad edit, that the (laughs) editors did this, that post-production team made him a certain way, (laughs) because I have been there. I had things edited. I know what that feels like. I know what that looks like. But you can only edit so much. So much, yeah. I give everyone grace on any TV show after my experience because Mm -hmm. I know firsthand how it feels to have someone who doesn't know you write about you on the internet, talk about you on a podcast, take Mm -hmm. a scene that was highly edited and judge you on your character. So I really do give a lot of grace, but he deserves no grace because he, the things he has said to her on camera about her off camera that I know about. Oh, wow. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, wow. He is not a nice person. And should I ever get the chance to meet him, I will happily tell him (laughs) face to face. 
I'm not I think, afraid. <laughs> I think we can all see that. Like even his body language is just mm, not it at all. But um, he does say that um, she asked him, like, what are the things that, you know, you didn't like? And he says he saw every side of her and he saw red flags. They have no romantic chemistry and then the negativity. And one of his deal breakers was a positive person. I was like, you can't even say that right. Your deal breaker is a negative person, not a positive person, Brennan. And at this point, oh, he gives an example. I will say this. He gave an example of Michael and Chloe's vows. And I don't want to be a hypocrite because I did give Emily shit about that. Like when she was like, oh, it was so vanilla. It wasn't good. It wasn't that or whatever. But no one's perfect. That was one thing compared to everything else because this woman just went through something very traumatic and she still rallied. Like she's still filming. She was still coming to the activities. And even when he was being a dick, quite frankly, she still said, you know, I think there's hope. I'm just going to try. When he said, oh, I just want to sleep in separate rooms. She's like, okay, that's fine or whatever. And she was in the beginning, we were actually worried about her because she was compromising too much for right. him. So what negativity are you talking about, Mr. Negativity 2024? So that was ridiculous. Um. Emily's in full-blown tears right now. And whenever Emily cries, it kind of hurts me so much. Mm -hmm, I don't know what it is, but it just, the pain is almost like you can feel it. And it was just heartbreaking when she left and she was in the bathroom, on the bathroom floor. Like, I have to assume that she was in so much pain. I would never see it in a public bathroom, but she sat in there. <laughs> and she just said, and then you wonder why I'm so fucked up in the head. And that just... Heartbreaking. Oh, that's heartbreaking. And that's what I meant by, you know, you know, you hope that people know it's not you. It's just the person you're with that's terrible. But she said that and I was like, I, I don't know. And considering, like she said, like she's never had a second date and I don't know if her past dates have ever told her what it was. Like, I, mean, I, I just felt for her in that moment. Like, hopefully she's not just going through a list of things. At that time. Yeah, it, it was hard to watch. And even going back to the red flags, like we, we all know they didn't have sexual chemistry, but that's not a red flag. A, a red flag mm -hmm. is something someone does that is a no-no, but it's it's not her fault they didn't have sexual chemistry. So I feel like he is now giving her a complex, like there's an attraction issue. I'm a negative person, which she's even the Michael and Chloe vows thing. Like I, I agree with you. I was like, okay, they, I thought they were sweet, whatever, but we're all human. We all talk shit. And it, it doesn't make you a negative person. Mm -hmm. And we were not there for the entire conversation. So who knows what else she said that was positive about Michael and Chloe, but we only focus on the negative. And this coming from a man who claimed he was about to pass out from being in a hot tub. Which, <laughs> okay, sir. So I, I just don't like that he's now giving her things to internalize. Because at the end of the day, even the strongest person will still second guess themselves. Guess if themselves. her next date, if she says one thing out of a hundred, that's negative. Like, oh, is he not going to like me now? Because I said this one negative thing. And mm -hmm. that's not fair. No one has the right to do that, especially not your husband, who mm -hmm. if he doesn't like you, he should at least be helping you work on yourself instead of just criticizing. But We've established yeah. that he's not a good man. I don't like him. He's not a good husband. And she's an awesome rock star. So she'll be fine. I have no worries about her once this is all over. I, I think the other angle maybe he didn't think of is like, let's assume that she was negative. 
maybe she does have a right to because your terrible attitude might have brought that out in her. There was not a lot to work with, really. So I, I don't think he thought about that because it's never about Brennan. Right. It's it's nothing that he did to bring the situation where it is. But I think even the fact that he didn't go check in on her when she was in the bathroom, like it, <laughs> that to me screamed so loud. Like you, I know cameras are on you, but you can't go and just be like, is everything okay? Can we talk? Even can we talk off camera just to diffuse the situation? But he was probably sitting there eating his steak, not mm-hmm. not really caring, just waiting to go home. And yeah. that was enough for me. Mm, All right, guys, we're going to take a break and we will be right back. All right. So just a quick touch on Becca and Austin. It's the whatever the cameras, the security overhead camera. And they're talking about Austin is complaining about how he makes her look on camera. And I'm just, again, over it. These men are too worried about how they look on camera. If you worry so much about how you come across, do not sign up for a reality show. I just... Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't understand complaints like we have more insight or more detail into everything than ever in the world today. People complain about reality shows all the time. Like your situation is not going to be different. Like <laughs> just stay home and keep your PR, but don't come on TV and try to pretend. Yeah. And you're just making yourself look worse when you say, I don't want to look bad. If you're mm-hmm. not bad, you won't look bad. So, yeah, there's that. Yep, no one who is ever concerned about how they look has ever come across well. So <laughs> just be yourself. <laughs> All right, so Chloe and Michael go to do their homework. And I love that the novelty store was called Vanilla. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and not to the vows that Emily said his vows were vanilla. So we'll see if you're and Michael does a confessional that I thought was hilarious. He's like, listen, on a scale of ultra freaky to vanilla wafer, I think I'm a 6.3. And he's like, you know, quite frankly, I have vanilla sex. And I'm like, listen, I appreciate your honesty. All sex matters. All types of sex matters. Vanilla sex matters too. But he's like, I'm open to whatever it is that she wants to do. And I'm like, Michael, are you real? Like, this is all I want to ask. That was great. He's great. (laughs) He he really is. I'm not going to lie, Nicole. So when we first met Michael, I'm like, how can he sound like this all the time? Like you, like Keisha asked him, you say this right things all the time. Like, is this like a skill? Have you always been like this? So at first I thought he was disingenuous. I'm not going to lie about that. (laughs) I wasn't sure. See, I feel kind of that way about Chloe. Because I feel like Michael is just a person who just says he's just a good person. So everything he says is going to be right because he's a good, genuine person. Mm-hmm. And not at all saying that Chloe isn't. I don't know her. Yeah. I, she has shown me nothing to make me think she's a bad person. But yeah. I got a very, I got a feeling that she was just trying to say the right things, even mm-hmm. if she wasn't feeling them, because she is very aware she's on a show and it, it, I was like, I can see right through you. Just, it's okay to say you don't like something. It's okay to say that Mm -hmm. you're not happy with X, Y, and Z, as long as you're working through it or working towards a solution. But the fact that both of them in the beginning, especially no complaints, everything was just love and smiles. And that felt very like, which one of you is 
lying about being unhappy right now. But I, I just get the feeling that Michael is just so genuine. I mean, even the, yeah. the vanilla sex comment, which surprised me. I thought he would be like, oh, I'm the freakiest one out there. But the fact <laughs> that he's like, yeah, this is who I am, but this is who she is. And I'm interested in at least exploring. Doesn't mean he's going to like it. Doesn't mean it's going to be their daily lifestyle. But I love the fact that he was just open to trying something that Chloe likes as part of her lifestyle. And I love that she was okay with the fact that it's not his norm and mm-hmm. she might teach him or he might not like things and then they don't do them. But mm-hmm. I thought this whole experience was just 10 out of 10, like probably my favorite scene of this entire season so far, because it just showed two people having fun, mm-hmm. compromising, learning about each other. And mm-hmm. I love the whole thing. I thought it, it showed us a whole new side to both of them. And I really was just very pleased with it. Yeah, there is, to your point, there's nothing sexier than a man that is open. And I don't mean sexually. I mean, open to learning, open open to trying, you know, new things. Like, versus someone who's just like, well, I'm just not a romantic. I've never done this. I'm never going to do this. But a man who's like, hey, I'm not used to this. It's not my norm, but I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Because a lot of men just feel like, this is who I am. Take me or leave it. But Michael is very... I'm open to this and he's just into, and I like his confidence. He wasn't phased because I was really heated about the whole, the episode where they kept calling him feminine and feminine energy. And I'm like, what are we talking talking about here? But that was the whole thing. But he's not phased by that. Even then after party, Keisha asked him, what is your sexuality? That that pissed me all the way off. But he's just like, oh, it's nothing. I'm fine. I'm straight. I'm, he's just very assured and there's just something about that like jesus is still working on me i'm not there yet but it's 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 a sexy thing about michael yes he's very he's so confident in his masculinity Mm -hmm. that he doesn't need to show it off or peacock Mm -hmm. or you know when keisha did ask him that i was like what first of all mind your business in this sense and also like he he was just unfazed like yeah i'm straight Mm -hmm. and i never doubted it like he could wear all the skirts and dresses he wants Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I get it. I, I don't think I would prefer my husband is wearing skirts, but if he mm-hmm. wanted to, it'd be like, okay, I know that that doesn't mean anything. So it's just your fashion style. But I love that he's willing to try and Chloe's willing to maybe not teach him, but work on it, <laughs> work on Right. Because a lot of women would be, yeah again to your point of like oh I'm just not a romantic and then they don't do it and a lot of women would be like oh I want someone who's romantic I want someone yeah. who's sexually adventurous just because yeah. he hasn't been that way before doesn't mean he doesn't can't mean turn into that mm-hmm. or even try so I love the fact that she's not shutting down oh he doesn't like to do the things that I like this isn't going to work so yeah this was a very healthy example of people learning about their partner and yeah, different, better versions of themselves to match their partner. So, yeah, plus. it was also the most relaxed we've seen Chloe. I mean, she was laughing most of the time, but that mm-hmm. was nice because she's usually like a little tense and you can see her in her head. So it was great. I love that for them. Um, Emily and Claire meet up and Claire lets Emily know that she's been protecting her and she cries and tells her that 
Brennan is not respecting her and that he she has heard that he wants to go on double dates with Cameron and they have been going on dates. And I mean, I don't think we need to talk more. We've said all we can about Brennan. But my question for you is like in a situation like that, do you think she'd already texted her and then producers are like, wait, and then film? Like, how does a situation like that, do you think, play out? I I have a feeling it was something they had talked about privately and producers found out about it and said, we have to get this on camera, which I used to be very against that because I'm all about the organic conversation and to replay mm-hmm. a conversation and pretend like it's the first time doesn't feel organic. But in this season specifically, there's so much that's happening off camera. So I'm mm-hmm. thankful if that was the case, <laughs> that they had them replay this conversation. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming because they are so close, why would Claire wait to be on camera to drop a bombshell like that? But Regardless of when she told her, how she told her, the fact is she told her, and I think that was what Emily needed to really get her over the hump of, well, maybe there's hope, and maybe he's going to be better when cameras aren't around us, and we can just stick it out. So I think this is exactly what she needed to hear, and... I was so proud of her for calling him up and giving him exactly what he deserved. And Mm -hmm. we don't have to, you know, obviously I don't like him. I'll (laughs) say it again and again, again. but (laughs) even if he were going to believe him that he was joking, which I don't believe for a second, why is that an appropriate joke? You are a married man. Mm -hmm. You are talking to another married man for now who is, best whose wife is best friends with your wife mm-hmm. and you're gonna make a joke about the two of them going on double dates with other girls like, that's disrespectful even if it is a joke from the bottom of your heart because mm-hmm. if he does go back and tell his wife which he did and it gets back to emily you're in the situation you're in so joke or not super disrespectful and i don't think it was a joke yeah i think it was very true but <laughs> I I almost am glad that Claire told her because I think it gave Emily the confidence she needed to just go off and tell him what she needed to get out. But I think that's the main, that's the whole thing is that Brennan does not respect her. Because I think a conversation that Claire and Emily had some time ago, and Claire mentioned that he doesn't even respect you as a friend, like as a human being. So even... He doesn't care that he's being disrespectful. I think he even wants her to know because he'll hurt her. I don't know. In my mind, I just feel like he wants her hurt. And I don't understand why. I can see that. I think because he knows he's going to look bad. So to punish her for him looking bad, inherently, Mm -hmm. he wants her to feel bad because he knows. I mean, if you watch after parties, which I know he's not really on a lot. Mm -hmm. They start filming after parties or some of the after parties are filmed after the show has started airing. So you see exactly what's going on and then you have to go film after parties. So the first few after parties, you haven't seen anything yet. You're blissfully Mm -hmm. ignorant. You don't know what kind of edit you're going to get. And then you start seeing some of the stuff that was being filmed when you weren't around. Mm -hmm. And then you film those after parties. So it's very clear that he 
did not respect her, obviously. And I think he really was just trying to hurt her because he knows that it's almost inconvenient for him at this point. Yeah. I still have to deal with this. Like, I'm just going to make her miserable because he's a miserable person. He really is. And you mentioned the phone call. I just, he picked up the FaceTime shirtless. I was like, what are you trying to do, Brennan? But the point where he says, if that's how you feel after I saved your fucking life. What? I, I just, I think because of Emily's attitude to this, we get to lose sight of how traumatic and how big this accident really was. Because the way he throws it out, like, oh, I saved your life. If you didn't say this, I wouldn't be here. I'm like, this is something she has to live with for the rest of her life. Yes, you were there, but she experienced it. It happened to her. Why are you throwing out things like you saved her fucking life? And like he did her a favor, like she intentionally got into the accident and he was like, oh, you're welcome. I'll take you to the hospital. No. And who would say that? Who says that to someone? It's so weird. She was like, there were people there. They would have helped me. And he doubled down and said, oh, really? No one else did. And I just, there's no coming back. There's nothing he can say. A reunion, an interview or whatever. Like, go search within yourself and figure out what's going on inside. You cannot function in life this horrible a person. But you know what's so weird, Nicole? The show is going to end. We're going to see him after the show ends. He's going to have a girlfriend. He's going to be engaged. And this is the love of my life and blah, blah, blah. And that's how I know karma doesn't exist. (laughs) Well, what will be the quality of that relationship? If the girl that he's dating (laughs) sees this and is like, that's the one for me. And you know what? Every, Every lid has a pot. Maybe he'll find an equally broken woman who feels like he is her savior and that's what he needs. And I hope, I hope he does find happiness one day because he is a deeply, deeply unhappy person. And it, I don't think anyone should walk around this planet feeling that unhappy with themselves. So I, I will take the higher road and say, I hope he finds happiness and maybe it's, you know, it's, one day he's going to realize the mistake he made. I don't think so. I think he'll think he was in the right this entire time. But when he said that, I, I had to, it was like, he's playing a joke on us. There's, there's no way mm-hmm. that he seriously just said this to another human, knowing there's cameras on him and then tries to say that he doesn't want to look bad on camera. Mm-hmm. So, and if he if he tries to blame this at all on her drinking, she likes to drink, like, then I'm just going to find out where he lives and have a talking <laughs> with him because they were not drinking. It was in the morning. I have seen the pictures of this accident. And when I tell you I have chills just thinking about it, she could have died had that helmet been yeah. on wrong or not on yeah. at all. And he did not save her. Yeah. He was there. We'll give him that. Mm-hmm. He didn't save her life. He's not a doctor. He's not a first responder. He held her hand and told her she was going to be okay, which she needed in that moment. And that is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But if he truly believes that he saved her life, which then therefore means she can't be upset about the fact that he's going on double or talking about going on double dates with another man, then he needs a very good therapist and <laughs> um maybe maybe he should start working on that but 
You're right. He's going to have a, <laughs> if he doesn't already have a girlfriend, he's going to have one. And we're all going to be like, what's wrong with this girl? But... Nicole, I feel like you have some tea that you're holding back. You I, are holding no, back. No, I do, but... <laughs> It's it's not it's not my place to share these things. Yeah. They will come out, but everything that you're thinking is true. Okay. So I'm not just saying what I'm saying based on opinion or mm-hmm. what I'd imagine in this situation. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because I'm friends with someone on the show. It's I know yeah. I know other things through other sources. Okay. That are 100% accurate. Okay. And I will say everything we're all, anyone out there, if you are giving Brennan any grace, rethink your life <laughs> because he doesn't deserve it. And again, I know how it feels to have someone who doesn't know you talking shit about you. Like I mm-hmm. know how that feels and it sucks. And I never want to be that person. Even the other guys, like I have my issues with them, but it is what it is. Everyone will be fine. But this man is, unwell and (laughs) it's god help him if i ever meet him because it's you know i'm gonna go on nicole on him and it's not gonna be cute it's not gonna be cute i'm already sorry for anyone who has to witness it it's not gonna be cute actually if there's anyone out there who thinks brennan is great i would actually like to hear that and hear your argument you know what? I agree with you. Supporting that. If if we get some, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, prove me wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, the girls meet up, and I don't know. I don't know if Lauren had tapped out at this moment, but she's not part of it. Oh, let me ask you. Do you think Lauren and Michael would have made a good couple, like everyone's been saying? I don't know. I I never thought so until I heard you know people putting it out there, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they would have been a good couple, but I hope that they are best friends and will be best friends for the rest of their lives because mm-hmm. I just don't know. I think they have so many similarities and it might work against them in a relationship because mm-hmm. I don't know if they could really grow together since they're so, they have similar. a very similar energy and interests almost, but I think that they should be in each other's lives forever because they're just, both of them just so well-spoken and, you know, have such a mature outlook on things. And I I just don't know if I see them as a couple. Couple. Okay. I mean, that's fair. And just as a sidebar, what Brennan does to you, Orion does to me, like he makes my blood boil like so much. So that's what Orion does to Chris too. Yeah. (laughs) If you see him on the screen, he's like, I'm out of here. He's like, I don't want to see this guy. I'm glad we don't have to talk about him. I can't get a a read on how the OG couples feel about Chloe and Michael. Every time they're an after party, I keep trying to see if I can read the body language because it doesn't seem like they're best buddies and it doesn't seem like they hate. I mean, they don't hate, but I can't get a read on how they feel about them. It seems I kind of of feel bad for Chloe because even though Michael wasn't super involved, he was still there from the beginning. He was at the bachelor party. Mm -hmm. He was at the, I don't, I don't think they ever showed it now that I'm thinking about it because you know what, they probably didn't show it because Michael's original bride was there. Bride was there. They always Mm -hmm. showed the um, bride, the wives meeting and the grooms Mm -hmm. meeting before the bachelor bachelorette. So Mm -hmm. 
Michael was around for a little bit and mm-hmm. Chloe's the new girl. She's coming in. She's coming into a bunch of failed or failing marriages. And I, I just feel for her because I, I feel like that doesn't give her a lot of hope. Like, Oh, this process can work. But the other mm-hmm. four couples, it's not working. And I think the girls have also formed this bond already because of the status of their relationships. And yeah. Chloe's just new. So I think, I don't think it's that they dislike her. I think it's more just they can't really relate because she's so new in the process and she's happy in the process. And they're towards the tail end of their process and they're all unhappy. So I think not not that they don't. I agree with what you're saying. It's hard to read, but I think it's more just that they're not on the same playing field, but they have to film together. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. uncomfortable because she can't relate to what they're going through and they can't relate to what she's going through. But I hope that they at least tried to encourage Michael and Chloe more than we're seeing. Like they never did anything intentionally. Like it's not going to work for you, but I hope they very much tried to make it seem like these are our personal experiences I don't want this to affect how you see your relationship because if, if that were me, I know I would probably do a lot of reflection like, Oh, this doesn't look in too good, but it's also probably very uncomfortable. Like she's a little older than them. She's Mm -hmm. very different from the other girls. Like Mm -hmm. she seems more prim and proper. And even though a lot of the stories she's telling, I'm like, Oh, (laughs) <laughs> you're secretly kind of wild but <laughs> I don't know it's it, it just like it, someone coming into school in the middle of the semester it's like you want to be their friend and they're perfectly nice but they just weren't there from the beginning so but Michael they know so he's not new to them or yeah this process but Chloe's just brand new but okay in your case I know you guys were friends but what is it like being the happy couple in a sea of unhappy? Because I think of you guys, I think of the Dallas season, Danielle and Bobby, and I know they just didn't talk much. Anytime they'd ask them, they'd be like, we're fine. No, we don't argue. And then they just didn't say anything else. But was it like being the lone surviving happy couple? <laughs> in the beginning, it was a little uncomfortable because Chris and I didn't want to feel like we were bragging. And I remember, I think it was when we were all together and Dom and Mac told us they were getting divorced. And that was when we had to tell everyone that we had had sex for the first time. Mm -hmm. So we were both like, oh, this is so not the right time for this. But we, we said something to that effect, like, well, we don't want to seem like we're bragging. And when I tell you, I have never felt more loved by people who... I had only known for a few weeks also, mm-hmm. everyone was like, we are so happy for you too. Please tell us everything. Like, Don't feel like you have to hide how you guys are doing because at the end of the day, yeah, their relationships weren't going so great, but they were our friends and just happy to see that we were blossoming as a relationship. So I, that's also why I feel like it's uncomfortable for Chloe and Michael because yeah, they don't really get that support from anyone else because they mm-hmm. they don't have those relationships. But yeah. every, I mean, we would get when we told everyone we said I love you. I thought people were gonna pass out. They were so happy mm-hmm. for us, like happier than mm-hmm. we were. 
And it's just such a feeling of support that it, it makes me happy to see couples mingling when I know a lot of people don't like to see the couples getting together so much, but having that kind of support from people who <laughs> it depends on the group, honestly. My, yes. Yeah. I know I'm biased, but in terms of friendships, which the show is not about, but in terms of friendships, I would say I got the best group, but not everyone gets that as we see. So I think Chloe and Michael probably would have a harder time talking about how happy they are because everyone else is miserable. miserable. They're not even just yeah. like, oh, we're not doing so hot. They're, yeah. they're, even Becca and Austin are barely hanging on and they were our only hope. Yeah. I will give you this. Your season is the first season where we have seen exes that have become friends. Yeah. Because we, yeah. we talk about yeah. that. We're just like, no one is going to be, no one's, no one that has said no on the same day. They've never been friends. But the first time we saw it is on your season. So I'll give you that. I get messages <laughs> like daily, like, when are Shaq and Kirsten getting back together? I'm like, guys, yeah. they're just friends. Like, he doesn't even live here anymore. I, no. I told them I was quitting as their personal representative. Because <laughs> I took that job on. But they're, they're just good friends, which is not what any of us wanted. But it's it's the reality. And everyone's yeah. happy. So it, it's just very funny how things work out. But, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a rarity for sure. Yeah. And and to add up to your point, during the girls meetup, I don't think anyone gave Chloe the opportunity, like, okay, could be editing, I always put that caveat, but no one gave her the opportunity, like, hey, how are you doing? How's your relationship? How are you progressing? It was all about Emily and Brennan, Becca and Austin, and how sad they were, making them delete things off and all that. And I just thought that was a little unfair. I agree. But again, maybe they did ask and they, they just yeah. didn't want us to see that. But even if they did ask, I, I will, I'll speak for how I would feel if I were in Chloe's shoes. I would feel very uncomfortable talking about my relationship in a positive way mm -hmm. in that environment. So even mm -hmm. if they did ask, I would probably be like, we're good. We're moving along. Like things are fine. And just keep it moving <laughs> because... I, that's read the room like that's not the time to be like oh things are great and we're just <laughs> touching and moving and grooving <laughs> yeah yeah that's true um okay so not a lot happens we see brennan get his stuff and leave we see becca tell us austin has left so it's just a terrible terrible week for everybody and brennan is telling us that he never thought he'd be getting divorced because i think he was the I'll never ever get and I think oh. that's the line that got him a spot on the show and they just took that as him being a committed person and little did we know mm. but mm, he blames her yeah. for making it hard he said a lot of awful things <laughs> this episode but an awful person <laughs> but we end on a high note with chloe and michael exploring their sex toy that michael wants to call penelope and i'm just <laughs> like cameraman when are you leaving when are you leaving like this is getting kind of awkward like get out of here but they end and i guess next week is part one of decision day because chloe and michael still have some time and this season is very interesting. We have no couples, but things are happening. 
<laughs> so the episodes are not like boring, but because they managed to make it work, like good for them. But uh, yeah, it's a season all in its own. Yeah, they're definitely not boring, but it's not a marriage show to me. This is how no, I would watch like a Real Housewives of whatever. I'm like, ooh, the dynamics, <laughs> the drama. It's within the couples, within the other, you know, friendships. But yeah, there's there's really for this decision day. Like, I don't even know why we're having it because I think everyone has already made their decision. But mm-hmm. I, I will say for for all that I've said about Austin and Becca. There is something to be said about people, whether it's intentional or not, acting a certain way on camera and mm-hmm. then completely opening up when the cameras are off of them. So I mm-hmm. could see them, they would have to talk about this. And I know that it's a hard conversation, but they would have to talk about what does life look like for us when the cameras are gone? Because mm-hmm. there is part of me that thinks a lot of their disconnect is because they're focusing on the cameras or what's on Mm -hmm. camera, what's off camera. And then maybe when the cameras are gone, they'll just be able to live and not have to worry about that. So that's the only thing that gives me hope with them is that maybe they can connect on the things that they really did like about each other in the beginning and see what life post filming looks like. I will advise everyone that life without the cameras is a thousand times better. So if you're moderately happy in your relationship on decision day, just say yes, because it'll just get better. So I don't know, but it's going to be dramatic. I used to think that like just wait till the cameras and then stick it out. And if you don't like it, you could get a divorce. But I think Aid made a point. It's like the camera is not the problem. If you already have like a glaring problem, like I guess from the past couples we've seen, not like, you know, scientific fact or anything, but the people who usually have a problem, like the being off camera is not going to fix whatever it is because it's something bigger. And I think I tend to agree. I, I agree with that. It, it's yeah. more for me of if your issues are conversations you're having, if you no, let me backtrack this. You have to have good communication in mm-hmm. order to figure out what post-camera life looks like. Because mm-hmm. if your issues, if you really boil them down to, are they our issues or are they production is asking us to talk about the same thing over and we're getting really frustrated or we're really yeah. stressed and tired from all the filming. So we snap at each other a lot when we're on camera. Like, where are the issues coming from? And if a lot of them would be alleviated because filming is over. I think that's a reason to give it a shot and also talk to each other. Like I don't ever see couples talking about where are we going to live after? Is one of us going to move in with you? Or, you know, I work here, I work here. Like I go here for the holidays. We don't hear any of what the near future looks like. And I think that's why any couple who stays together on decision day and then ends up not staying together I think it's because they never had that talk and then real life goes on and we're like wait you expect me to move in with you or you know I want to go here for this and you want to go there so I I agree with you like if you have problems cameras going away are not going to solve it but if your problems are directly because of filming yeah just see see if they can be alleviated when there's no cameras following you around but 
they're the only ones who I'm actually interested to see on decision day because I could see that being a possibility, but I, I really don't know. And I, honestly, yeah. I don't really care either way. <laughs> what, whatever makes people happy, I support, but there's no couple in this first round of decision day that I'm fighting for. Yeah. I, I, I think I became concerned when she said Austin doesn't talk off camera. Cause I thought it was a camera thing, but if you're not talking off camera, then that's a problem. I think for them, I actually think that they, it's 50, 50. Well, it is 50, 50. They might stay together or not because he's a nice guy, but honestly, I don't think they can last. He doesn't provide Everybody wants to be loved a certain way. I don't think Austin can love Becca the way she wants to be loved. And you can't wish it, will it to happen. He doesn't have the capacity, no matter his intention. So even yeah. if they say yes, I don't think it will last. But like you, they're the only ones we really care. Well, we don't know what they're going to say. I don't know what Cameron right. and Claire are doing. That's just an act talking about if she says yes, I'll say yes. What are you doing? And why? Why would you do? Why would anyone do that? I mean, that's just—that's not a sweet thing. That's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Um. Before we go, we're gonna do bouquet and ashes. Who has your bouquet for this episode? I'm giving it to Michael. Okay. He's just all around. Part of me wanted to give it to Emily because she really stood up to Brennan. I, you know, I'm going to give it mm -hmm. to both of them. She stood up mm -hmm. to Brennan. She finally, you know, finally saw the light. And I'm so proud of her. But I'm giving it to Michael because he's showing the perfect. He is the perfect person for this show because mm -hmm. he is giving it his all. He is open. He is vulnerable. He is a good listener. And whatever happens with them, he is the bar from this season of men for the future from this season. I mean, my husband okay. is the bar highest, <laughs> highest bar for this show. But I give Michael a lot of credit. Okay. Dare I ask who has your ashes? This, this is going to come as a shock to you. Uh, I'm going to say Brennan. <laughs> Brennan, Brennan's family, anyone who has seen Brennan in his environment and let him get away with his behavior. So Brennan's entire Ooh. circle. Yeah. Ooh. This behavior didn't just start when he signed up for the show. So any ex-girlfriend of Brennan, if you didn't tell him he was a dick, then shame on you. But Ooh. that's all I'm going to say about Brennan because I've said his name enough today. <laughs> he don't deserve that. <laughs> well, Nicole, it was a pleasure recapping this episode with you. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, can you tell people where they can find you? If there's anything you want to plug, promote, anything? Sure. So uh, Chris and I are living a pretty boring life, but if you want to follow <laughs> it, we're just always posting mostly our dogs and our food on Instagram. It's Nicole underscore Woley. Um, I do hang out with the rest of my season people a lot. So if you care about them, you'll see them on my page a lot. But um, that's pretty much it. Just happy to be here. Happy to talk about my still favorite show so thank you so much for inviting me i'm happy to share my opinion anytime so thank you thank you well guys that's it for the episode you know where to find us we are on instagram or on twitter at altacall m-a-f-s a-l-t-a-r-c-a-l-l-m-a-f-s and we'll be back with decision day 
next week. Until then, bye guys. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.